Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it's so good to be back here. Um, thank you to African Enterprise as well as um, Temba for bringing us back to Durban in winter. <laughs> the winter is important because, uh, wow. <laughs> um, this morning I was walking, uh, I walked out of our room and I see Temba and, and Temba's like, is this how you're preaching? I was walking out in shorts. Um, you'll, you'll never do that in porch. <laughs> Unless you're an Afrikaner, those guys. <laughs> um, but it, it's so good to be back here. I was looking at Azande and Lihle, I think he, he is, um, Tsakhang's younger brother. I mean, they, they're so old at the beginning, I couldn't recognize both of them. Um, wow. Um, but it's so good to be back here. Thank you, Wayne, um, for those awesome words. I remember still the video they sent for me when I was being ordained. Uh, close, hold that very close to my heart. Um, yeah, and I, I really feel at home here. Um, I was speaking to the Laminis this morning. Well, they, they sent me a message. So Langa says, just for the record, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the weekends you could have come, you chose this one when we are away. <laughs> yeah, so, so many awesome elders here, them tours. Um, Sbo, who we go way back with, um, leading Westville back in the day and dreaming about a fox. If you don't know a fox, that's a very old car. <laughs> because we used to take the inter um, bus, the, the, the inter campus shuttle uh, when we were going to minister on campus. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for the elders, and I, I, I'm so happy for the work that um, is actually happening here and what God is doing. Um, I remember so many years ago when we were praying for people to get married and we we're praying for babies. And every time I'm watching church, I'm seeing people with their spouses and I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so if you know someone else or if you are not married yet, it's coming. Don't worry. It's been prayed for long ago. <laughs> Hi, Sunday. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So we, we, we're going to get into the word this morning. And the, my sermon title is The Truth Shall Set You Free. Um, so I, I could have said the truth will set you free. But Ayanda was my first connect group leader. Ayanda, won't you just give a wave? So, so Ayanda was my first Connect Group leader, and he, he loves the new King, I mean the King James Version. Yeah, take away the new, the King James Version, the thou and thus, that's the one he likes. So um, in honor of Ayanda, I thought, you know what, I will, I will show that he taught me well, and I will come here and I will say shall instead of will. <laughs> so the truth shall set you free. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray before we get into the word this morning. Father, we thank you that you are an awesome God. We thank you that there is nowhere where we can ride, nowhere where we can hide that is too far from you. We thank you that you reach us uh, wherever we may be and that your love 
will always come and get us. We thank you that you are good in every area, in every place, and in every circumstance. You are good. You are wholly good. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. And we thank you that your work, your word, your love, your peace, your joy, your grace in each and every one of our hearts. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so I've got some of my siblings here and my nephews and nieces and my family is here. So it's also good to see them. Um, and they'll attest to what I'm about to share right now. So there's the saying that goes, the truth will set you free. You know, all, all of us know this, this saying. Um, and for a long time in my, in my own life, I had no idea that that actually came out of the Bible. So for, for a long time in my life, I, I, I didn't know that it came out of the Bible. But um, John 8 verse 31 and 32 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I've always had a, a big problem with this saying, because it always seemed that whenever we were being naughty with my siblings, the truth actually got us in trouble instead of setting us free. So we, we started to realize that our freedom actually didn't lie with us coming forward and telling the truth, but withholding the truth and making sure that our parents don't know the truth. Because if, we, if, if, if they find out, then we, we, we get uh, shouted at, we get a hiding, or, or we get punished in some way. So I started realizing that, you know what, I don't, I don't think this truth thing will actually set me free. And the second thing is, I, rem I realized that the truth doesn't always make you feel good. I remember I was in high school, and one of, the, one of my friends, well, then friends, came up to me and said, you know what, you're so full of yourself and you think you owe that. The unfortunate thing is he was right. <laughs> but I wasn't about to, to tell him that. So that truth made me so defensive. And I didn't want to reject, I, I, I rejected that. And because of that, we were no longer friends. Yeah. So the truth didn't set us free there either. Because <laughs> sometimes when the truth comes at you, it makes you uncomfortable, it makes you defensive, and you don't really like what it exposes or what it, it, it reveals in you. So sometimes we can all feel like the truth doesn't really set us free. And then as we grow up, this relationship that we have with the truth becomes a bit more strained. We start to see a bit more gray areas between us and the truth. So I remember I was on Facebook and I saw a tweet. That's the only place I see my tweets on Facebook. <laughs> because people love Twitter so much that they always share all the tweets on, on Facebook. So I'm like, I don't need to go on Twitter. They'll just bring everything here. So I saw this tweet about this lady who was saying how she was no longer friends with one of her very close friends because she had actually gone to that partner and told them that, hey, your child, which you think is yours, is not actually your child. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the announcement didn't come on Twitter. She was just recounting the story of how her friendship had ended because she told the truth about who, where, whose child this was. So that's an interesting story, and I'm sure right now you're thinking who's right and who's wrong, and, and that's the best thing that I enjoyed about that, 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 that post, is that the, the comments were lit. If, if, if you've seen the Great Wall of China or the Great Berlin Wall, that, those walls are nothing compared to the great divide that was in those comments. So the first half of the people were saying to the girl, you know what, you need to mind your own business. It was definitely not your place to go and reveal that truth. And I hope you're happy that you've broken up a happy family. That's right. <laughs> and then on the other side, they were all saying, we are so happy that you actually gave that guy the chance to make that decision himself if he wants to stay there and look after the child. We are so happy that that guy can make an informed decision based on something that he's aware of. And we applaud you for your great courage in coming out and being bold because it could have not been easy sharing that. And looking at the room right now, I see these walls. <laughs> so sometimes there's a lot of gray areas with the truth and depending on which side you find yourself of the truth, you're either saying, you know what, let bygones be bygones. What they don't know can't hurt them. Or if the truth is affecting you or the consequences of it are inconveniencing you, then you'd probably be on the, I deserved to know. Why did you keep this from me? This is why This is why Winston Churchill said, the truth is so precious that she should always be protected by a bodyguard, bodyguard of lies. The truth is so precious that she should always be protected by a bodyguard of lies. So this morning, we're gonna go into scripture to help us to remove this great wall or this great divide that exists between us on what the truth is. And does the truth actually set us free? So if we look at John 8 verse 1, we'll go on all the way until verse 11. It says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, he came again in the temple and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught to them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in their midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. 
Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They said this testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And he stood again, he stooped again and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So, also an interesting portion of scripture where sin is exposed and Jesus is, is, is put in a situation where he needs to make a decision. But before we get there, it's good that we understand that in those days, the law as we see it in the Bible would probably be the statutory law or the, or the legislature of the day. So this is not just a woman who has been caught by the church leaders and the church members and they're like, in our church we don't do this. This is someone who has been caught and has been told in this country, by the rules or the statutes of this country, you have contravened. So this is like someone coming and saying, you have contravened section 8C of the Fornication Act or the Adultery Act. And as such, your punishment is capital punishment. Because this... This, this, this law that you have contravened is punishable by death, by being stoned. So that was the law. And so these people who come in dragging this lady are just following what the law is saying. And then they put this lady before Jesus. It says she was caught in the very act. There's no way to deny And then they ask him a question. What should we do with her? Now put yourself in his shoes. You know what the law is. But you're also someone who's made statements like, I have come to bring life and life in abundance. I have come so that everyone may be set free. If he commissions that she dies, then he is going against his own word and he's going against himself. On the other hand, there is justice and there's truth. If we think about the guy, because it says she was caught in adultery, so if we think about the other person in the story who is not included in the story, there's someone else who has been aggrieved. 
and there needs to be recompense or atonement. So it's a very difficult situation where they're putting Jesus. They try to make him choose between love and grace, between justice and truth. And he chose all four. So we, we know that the lady wasn't stoned. And the reason why she wasn't stoned is, according to that law, the first person who threw the stone at someone who was guilty had to be blameless or free of sin, of that particular sin. So when he comes to them and he says, he who is, who, he who is, um, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. He's highlighting that, hey guys, I know she's wrong, but look in the mirror. Look back inside what's happening in your own heart. Because it's so easy to start flinging stones. But when they come back at you, it's a bit hard. And so everyone was convicted. They were convicted not by what she had done, but what they had done. They looked within and they saw that they were not pure and they were not innocent to themselves. So the lady was left just with Jesus. And, she, and he said something to her. Where are those who are condemning you? And then he also says, go and sin no more. Come on, church, help me say it. The truth will set you free. So what is the truth? We've been speaking about this truth. And John 14 verse 6 helps us to get a clearer understanding of what the truth is. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus revealed himself as the truth. You know, so often we think about the truth as something that's intellectual or something that we can decipher and, and work around. But if we start seeing the truth as a person, seeing the truth as Jesus, who loves us, who is full of grace, who also holds justice and truth, something starts to shift in the way that we see truth. You know, Jesus lived a sinless life, but instead of judging, condemning the woman, he said, you know what? You can go. I will pay for this one. And he paid with his own life. He sacrificed his own life so that justice could have been paid. Remember I said there needs to be recompense, there needs to be atonement. So instead of her having to pay for her own sins and, and, and being punished, he took the punishment upon himself. 
That is why the truth will set you free. Because the truth is a person. If we look at John 8 verse 34, it says, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Has anyone seen a spider's web? That thing is very fascinating because it just stands there. Sometimes you can barely see it until something flies into it and then it starts moving and that whatever is trapped can move. And that's what sin actually does to us. And the more you look at whatever is trapped in the spider's web, the more it tries to wriggle and get, its, its, and get itself free, the more this, the web actually holds it and draws it closer. Because that's the nature of sin. Ravi Zacharias put it this way. He said, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and, and cost you more than you want to pay. It will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. But we have good news this morning. The truth will set you free. There is a way out. Maybe you have tried everything when you look at your own sin, but you feel trapped. And you feel like there's no way out. And you feel like every time you're wriggling and trying to set yourself free or get out of that place that you are in, it feels like it gets tighter and tighter. And you keep looking at your life every time you're about to have your quiet time and you'll be like, Jesus, are we still here? There's two things that can help us get out of that place. The first one is how we approach the truth matters. How we approach the truth matters. In 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 to 3, it says, I'll read it up here. It says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know, as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. It's not about what we know, but it's about who we know. A lot of times when we're thinking about sin or righteousness or good and bad, we think about how can I, we think about rules, we think about regulations, we think about um, certain behaviors that can help us to be on the straight and narrow. It's good to have all of those to keep yourself in check. But if you don't know Jesus and you don't know the truth, then it's hard to be set free. The scripture in John 8 Verse 32, it says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the question I have for you this morning is, do you know Jesus? Do you know God personally, intimately? Do you spend time with Him? Do you come to Him when you are struggling or when you don't know what to do? 
Or is it something that you think about, oh, okay, this is how I solve this problem. Let's, let's solve for X. Where is X? So how we approach the truth matters. Second one is we need to choose to live out of conviction and not condemnation. And this condemnation and conviction things work bo works both ways. We can live in, condemna in condemnation looking at our own selves or we can live in condemnation looking at other people. Our lens is that of condemnation. When we look at them, we see their mistakes and we're like, ah, I'm going to stone you. So condemnation brings shame. It brings a finality. If you, if you see a building that says condemned, you know that that is the end of the building. What's next for it is for it to be demolished and it will be no more. But if we look at conviction, we see that there's a way out. Because condemnation says, you messed up and there's no way out. And conviction says, you messed up, but here is a way out. Amen. And then grace comes and says, I, I don't condemn you. I will help you out. I will give you a way out of your situation but the truth still stands and justice still stands and it says, go and sin no more. So we can try to do more or we can accept that Jesus has done it all. And we are given truth to know how to live right and grace as the power to be able to live right. Help me say it. The truth will set you free. There's a story that's told of a man who'd been blind his whole life. Actually, he wasn't totally blind, he was partially blind, so he could see some things, but it was very hazy and mostly dark. And I saw a video of how he had undergone this, this uh, treatment and operations and whatever they did. But finally, for the first time, he went outside and he looked and he could see everything clearly again. He could see the, the sun, he could see the, the, the clouds, he could see sunshine. He could see colors. He could see the difference between colors because from, from, from his old lens, he used to see everything as grayish or blackish. Now he could see different colors. And it opened up a whole new world for him. And sometimes that's how we are spiritually. Because we've been stuck in, in certain places for so long, we can walk around seeing everything as gray not being able to see the beauty that God has created in us and for us. But when we know God, 
and we embrace the truth, we start to see the color. We start to see the good in other people. Because if your lens is grayed, then all you're looking for is the black spots. But when you can see color, you see beyond the gray areas. You see beyond the black spots. And you see the color. You see the goodness that Christ has created people for. And now you, instead of trying to bring out the bad or, or point out the bad, because you see further than where people are, you try to bring out the truth, the goodness in them, so that they could be who God has made them to be. James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power Amen. as it is working. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And we're also going to have communion this morning. So if the ushers can start handing out the communion. James 15 verse 16. So James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So often when we find ourselves in places where we're compromised, we try to remain in a place of darkness where we hide whatever is going on. But the truth is that when sin comes into the light, it loses all its power. That's why the scripture is saying, confess your sins to one another. You find people who are trustworthy, who are prayerful, who can come alongside you and help you as you fight for your freedom. And this morning, we're going to do something similar to that. As you're being handed out to the communion, communion signifies a promise, an everlasting, never-changing promise of God's commitment to be with us, to help us, and to free us. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. And the second thing that Jesus calls us into is family and fellowship, unity. And all of that is found in communion. We look up to God and we look around us to the family that is with us. And the commitment is that God will be with us. And so I'd like each of us to take a moment this morning. The, the worship team will be going in the background. But can we just take some time to pray to God this morning and think about our own truths, the ones that are hidden and the ones that are open for everyone to see. And we're going to approach this loving God. And we're going to tell Him what we have done. He's still going to say to us, you have messed up, but here is a way out.
He's put us in this family. It's not a mistake that He's put us in this church, in this family, to establish relationships, to live life in circles. Because that's what helps us to stay righteous, to stay pure before Him. So this morning, we're going to be praying to God. But after we've done that, I'm going to ask each of us to turn to the person next to you, whether it's your spouse or your friend or someone just, that's just sitting next to you. We're going to start praying for them. Don't ask them what they need prayer for. Just start praying as the Spirit leads you. can start praying for yourself first and then we can pray for each other.
Cause your truth has set me free I am surrounded By the arms of the Father And I am surrounded By songs of deliverance We've been liberated We are the sons and the daughters yeah. oh, 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 you split the sea so I can walk right through it. My fears are drawn in perfect love. You rescue me. You rescue me so I could stand and say I am a child of God You split the seas, yeah You split the seas so I can walk right through it I drown in perfect love You rescue me You rescue me so I Stand and sing I am a child of God I am a child of God Yes, I am a child of God Can you all please stand to our feet? I am Thank you, Mac. Thank you for such a refreshing word an encouraging word um, just as you were preaching a scripture came into mind uh, first question came into mind and then the scripture came into mind so I just want to say everyone as we close our eyes I'm gonna ask you a question and I want you to think about the answer and then I'll read the scripture to you so the question is whose truth do you live by What frames truth in your world? What determines what's true and what isn't true in your world and in your heart? Romans 3 verse 4. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Lord, we thank you that you're truth, Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you that you are the standard, Lord God, that you hold everything, Lord Jesus. God, regardless of how we feel, of where we are in our emotions, of how we feel 
we feel hard done by. We feel that justice is not being meted out in our lives. God, I pray that you strengthen us, Lord God, to see your truth, Lord God, to see that you are true. Lord, I pray that you still our hearts, Lord God, that we may accept your truth, Lord God, and not try to live by our own standards or try and to live by the, our people's standards or what the world says, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you may still our hearts, Lord Jesus. You may still the noise that surrounds our minds and surround our hearts that tells us we should be or what we should and what we shouldn't be of how we should live, of what goals we should ob obtain, of what things measure success, of what worth is, of what um, a good life is, of what a, a healthy life is, of what a life should be. God, I pray that you determine what is true in our hearts, Lord God. Jesus, I pray that you become our true north, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you tear down the idols that we have lifted up and we have been seeking to appease, that we've been worshiping before, Lord God. Lord Jesus, I may pray that they may be exposed for what they are, nothing but lies, Lord Jesus. Let your truth rule and reign in our hearts, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I just pray for grace for just supernatural grace to live according to your ways, Lord God. Jesus, I thank you that you said the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no to ungodliness. God, I pray that you teach us to say no, Lord God. That you teach us, Lord God, to cast down idols, to cast down every thought, everything, Lord Jesus, that is ungodly, Lord God. Every thought that is ungodly, Lord God. Every act that is ungodly, Lord. Every desire that is ungodly, Lord. I pray that you teach us, Lord God, by your grace, Lord Jesus. God, you said, you, Jesus, you came to give us truth in, and grace, Lord Jesus. May we experience the truth and know that we are sinners who are in need of a gracious God who poured out his love for us, Lord God, who does not judge us nor condemn us, who sees us for what we truly are, and yet, and yet he loves us to the point of death. I thank you for that freedom to rule and to reign of our hearts, Lord God. Thank you for your refreshing reign, Lord God, of truth. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that, just that refreshing reign of truth. Thank you, Lord. There's a, there's a scripture of another woman in John who had five failed relationships and was socially ostracized and was left out by her, by her community. And then when she came to Jesus, Jesus starts to speak with her. And then in this conversation, her true self comes out or what she was hiding comes out. And then Jesus was like, I offer you living water. And she runs back to a village. And as she gets there, she says, come see a man who has told, us, told me everything that I have done. Jesus is the man who knows everything that you have done. And everything that you have thought of doing and been tempted to do. Every thought of hate, anger, malice, lust read whatever it is every thought that you might have had Jesus knows it all and he sees it all and he doesn't and he doesn't judge you for it he offers grace that is the freedom that we have in Christ that we live 
from a place of knowing God knows our hearts and he offers us grace to change he, he opens his arms to us and he receives us and I pray as we walk out of, of, of here today let that be in your heart that love of God that grace and that acceptance of knowing that you are known by him and that you are loved by him and that you're accepted by him let me just uh, stretch out our hands to receive a blessing May the Lord bless you. May His grace uphold you. May it keep you. May His presence be over you. May He teach you His truth. May He teach you to walk in accordance to His ways. May His presence be always be over you. May it give you peace. May it give you rest. And may it refresh your soul. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We have come to the end of this portion of the service. Um, we are going to go to the fellowship area. For our first-time visitors, please remember to go to the special VIP section and enjoy a treat in exchange for your flag. For the rest of us, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enderban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.